Today, we will talk about automation, artificial intelligence, and its future effects on the job market. When this subject comes up, many people immediately think of robots taking over, the inevitable loss of jobs, and the economy's destruction. While sensationalist media often perpetuate this perspective, the reality is far different. I urge you to look at the inevitable approach of automation as an opportunity to be taken advantage of instead of an apocalyptic eventuality. In fact, far from destroying the economy, AI and automation should positively affect business, innovation, and even the job market people fear it may destroy. First, let me address some common misconceptions. Many people think that technology will wipe out entire industries, leaving them to be run by machines, when in reality, less than 5% of current industries can be completely automated with current technology. Instead of industries being automated, it's better to think of certain tasks within industries being automated. I'll get into what types of tasks specifically can be automated later. Currently, 60% of industries could automate approximately 30% of their activities. Secondly, people often consider that AI and automation is only used to replace low-skilled jobs. But as the technology develops, it's being used more and more often in professions like law and medicine, which are generally considered high-skilled jobs. And lastly, while the threat of lost jobs is often discussed, rarely do people talk about the jobs created by automation. Economists predict that when considering jobs lost and gained from the introduction of artificial intelligence and automation, there will be a net gain of half a million jobs. Instead of leaving all this to be classified as ungrounded speculation, let's look towards a similar situation in the past, the Industrial Revolution. In examining a similar situation in history, we can see how our current situation might play out today. When factories began to spring up and people began migrating from farming to factory work, many artisans lost their jobs because it was cheaper to buy factory manufactured goods instead of handmade ones. This, of course, mirrors the situation in which it's easier to have AI take over some of the more mundane work than to pay people to do the same thing. Many artisans who lost their jobs then joined the factories, which opened up new jobs and positions created by introducing new technology. Many people might consider the Industrial Revolution as a bad example. They could point at the lower living standards and the cramped living spaces and the long work hours and claim that the economy did not adjust back to normal after the introduction of new technology, and they would be right. The economy did not just reset to the baseline it was before the Industrial Revolution. Instead, it improved. Due to the cramped city, people got sick, and as a result, doctors discovered bacteria, and medicine took huge leaps forward. Transportation and communication technology advanced as well. With the introduction of factories, items that used to be luxury goods reserved only for the rich, such as soap and higher quality clothes, became common for everybody. While there's no doubt that jobs were lost, an abundance of higher quality, higher skilled jobs were created in their place. The economy is like a cockroach. Sometimes technology advancement will spray it with bug spray and it will play dead, but after a transition period, it flips over and walks on. Now, let's get back to talking about what tasks AI can perform. Artificial intelligence is not quite the same as the first introduction of automation to the economy due to the sheer range of abilities artificial intelligence can simulate. 
I recently spoke to Mr. Charles Akin David, a data scientist who works specifically with artificial neural networks and deep learning AI to learn about the capabilities of AI. And from him, I found out that artificial intelligence is basically used in three major ways. First, it's predictive analysis. Given a set of data, an AI can predict future values that would match a trend. Uh, for an example, think about the way your computer suggests products you might buy based on products you have bought before. Second is natural language processing AI, which can answer queries given that they have a set of data to pull from or summarize documents with relative accuracy. An example might be Siri or Google search. Lastly, there's a recognition type of artificial intelligence which recognizes patterns and can pick them out. An example is facial ID, which given a set of data in the form of pictures can identify what's the face it's supposed to let into the phone and which it's supposed to keep out. This may seem like a lot, and it is, but you may have noticed one common factor, data. Mr. Charles Akin David says that AI needs to be trained by large data sets to know how to set strict parameters that will define their world. This need for previously supplied data makes AI incapable of creativity, problem solving, intuition, and work that requires relationship building and comprehension but simultaneously makes them fantastic at routine work, summarization, and organization. Thus, artificial intelligence is often used for one of two purposes in the workplace. First, to augment human expertise, serving as a tool making people more efficient. Secondly, they can efficiently handle routine and uncreative work. To reference an example from my research that explains how AI can help augment the skills of a professional, let's look at surgeons. Some surgeons can use predictive AI technology to predict if a certain cell is cancerous or not, so they don't accidentally remove non-cancerous tissue or leave in cancerous tissue. While the machine makes the prediction with about 90% accuracy, the operation depends on the skills and decisions of the surgeon. The second category is often what people think of when they think of automation taking jobs. But to give an example of how automation of some of the more mindless tasks can actually create new, higher-level jobs and increase the quality of a business, I interviewed Ms. Stacy Brown-Philpot, who used to work for Google back in the 2003 and is the former CEO of TaskRabbit. So I think there's a question of, like, did we automate people's jobs away or not? That's a really good question. Um, when I started at TaskRabbit, it was like January 2013. And when I got there, there was a person whose job it was to literally go through each profile of people applying to Task and work on the platform and like review their application and approve it. And that job went away. Like that, you know, there was a lot of error in that. That person didn't like that job. It was pretty mundane work. Um, and so once we automated a lot of this stuff and put it into the algorithm, like we didn't really need somebody to go through and do all this review. So it did eliminate somebody's job, but that person was able to move on and do other things. So part of what the technology did was give people the ability to go on and do other work. Now they had the skills to do that work and the ability to do that work um, so they could do it. Yeah, so the team, that was responsible for tasker approvals, basically. Their entire job was, was, was tasker approvals. Um, was able to, like, do higher quality, what I call higher quality work. Because actually going through and reading the application, that was kind of important. 
but making sure that like taskers were having a good experience when they were out on a task or they could respond to someone at TaskRabbit if there was an issue on a task um, or a client could reach somebody in our customer service team if something went wrong on the task. Like those were things that's really hard to automate because they're in the moment and it's like this thing is happening right now. And so we really need somebody to be responsive to the customer versus sit over in this corner and just look at all these people who reply, right? So you're, you're providing a much higher quality experience for the customer and the person who's doing the work, right? They get more variety. Like the issues that come up are different each time. In this case, the people who were before stuck doing mindless, mundane work could better put their skills to work in a more creative and interesting way, which also increased the quality of the product they were selling in the long run. Secondly, one has to keep in mind that the company TaskRabbit never would have been founded without the invention of AI to match taskers to people who needed tasks done. So even if there had been jobs lost to automation, those jobs never would have existed without uh, automation and AI in the first place, leaving a net gain of jobs. Due to the amount of mundane work the average worker has to do daily, jobs that actually require the median level of creativity is lower than 4% in America. But by clearing up some of that time through the use of AI, the average person has more time and energy for innovation and, and the relational aspect of business, which machines are unable to emulate. Now, you might think this idyllic world where everyone only does meaningful work and exercises creativity and innovation at every opportunity is too good to be true. To be honest, you'd be right. Two real issues spring from the widespread introduction of AI. First is the reskilling of the population who will lose their jobs, considering jobs created often require different skills than the jobs destroyed. And second is that the widespread use of AI may codify racial or gender-based biases in a seemingly impartial machine. It turns out that both issues boil down to capitalism with a little bit of internalized bias turned, thrown in for good measure. In the case of reskilling people who lose their jobs, companies are required to offer a training program to teach the displaced employees new skills or upgrade their old ones so that they can take up new jobs in the company. However, they don't have to offer it for free, and many companies don't. A costly retraining program may be unaffordable for someone who is without a guaranteed paycheck. For companies which care mainly about having the best bottom line, these displaced employees often fall through the cracks. In the case of codifying discrimination, it was found that facial recognition algorithms were 10 times more likely to confuse the face of a black woman than a white man. Considering that more and more of these facial recognition technology is being used in law enforcement and security, it could even lead to a wrongful incarceration. This is because AI depends on data being fed to it. When the data given has a dearth of women or people of color, the machine doesn't know how to recognize them properly. And this data is more expensive because most databases already have a wide variety of photos and examples of white men, but people in the minority may not be represented as much within these databases. However, hope is not all lost. 
I interviewed Ms. Tina Kapoor, an economic director in Fremont, a city with the most tech startups per capita in America. And she told me about an initiative in her city called Earn and Learn, where younger students in college who need a job can learn a trade while on the job, earning more than minimum wage, allowing them to learn the skills necessary to operate in an automated industry while not missing a paycheck. Companies with more human resource-minded policies such as Google and TaskRabbit are doing similar things by offering training programs at low or no cost to their employees. On the topic of lowering disparity, an initiative has already been started urging minorities to send in pictures to bolster the database and allow AI to make less biased decisions. To summarize, capitalism was the real enemy all along, but not an indomitable one. And you don't have to fear the robot apocalypse because, if anything, artificial intelligence may help improve the quality of life, quality of work, stimulate human innovation, and even improve the job market. Thanks for listening.